listeners are tuned in to Views and opinions expressed in this podcast by the host or the guest do not necessarily reflect the views of Paranormal Buzz Radio or its sponsors. Use of any materials produced by Paranormal Buzz Radio without express written consent is strictly prohibited. For information on everything Paranormal Buzz Radio has to offer, visit our website, paranormalbuzzradio.com. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Into the Abyss with Peggy Gypsy. Peggy comes from a long line of spiritual mediums. She is also an afterlife researcher, paranormal investigator, and she mixes her skills with her special gifts in order to seek knowledge of the unknown, paranormal, and metaphysical. Join Peggy live on Spreaker, Saturday nights, 9 Eastern, 8 Central, for some great conversation with awesome guests and some fun along the way. Be sure to follow Peggy's social media on Periscope, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For all of Peggy's sponsors, check out the links in the description. Here's your host, Peggy Gypsy. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Into the Abyss with Peggy Gypsy. I am your host, Peggy Gypsy. Wow, it's been a long time since I've done a live show or any show because we've been having so many issues with, with just things, personal things that pop up when you book guests or, you know, even with yourself that you think you're able to make it to the show and things happen. So I do apologize for not having a show in, I think, a month or a month and a half. Uh, yeah, I have a wonderful guest today, but I'll let you know who she is. I know I've been posting it on Facebook talking about spiritual lineage. She is my cousin, which is so awesome, and we'll get more into conversation in a bit. I do want to thank my sponsors. Uh, my first sponsor is Crescent City Conjurer, and they are located in New Orleans, Louisiana. So anything, if you guys are down in Louisiana, make sure you check them out. They are amazing. They're on Royal Street. Go in, say hi. Sen is amazing. He was my first guest, and he is also going to be my guest for my anniversary episode. My second sponsor is Colorado Paratech. They are the creator of the Ghost Light, and they also send me some cool equipment. So if you guys have a chance, make sure you go into my Facebook and see a live that I did and just kind of describe what the equipment is. I still haven't used it for an investigation because I've been, you know, kind of busy, but I do promise as soon as I get out there, I am going to use it and it's going to be awesome. Hi, Darren. Hi. Hi, Wolf. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, you know, so many exciting things. I know um, you guys do know that I am a co-owner of Mysterious Journeys with Lynn Chekai. We haven't had any events because we are completely focusing on Christmas with the Tennessee Ray Chasers, which is December 8th at Statler City in Buffalo, New York. You guys, we keep telling you guys to get your tickets. We are almost sold out with the VIP tickets. So please make sure you get your tickets on time. We will not be adding more tickets 
once it sells out, it sells out. Also, you can get tickets by going on my Facebook at Mysterious Journeys or Peggy Gypsy, and you will see the ad and the link that will take you to paper, brown paper tickets to purchase the tickets. Or you could go directly through TennesseeRayChasers.com, and there is a link on the boys' website, and you can purchase the tickets there. Now, you guys, there it, this event is going to be amazing. I mean, if you know anything about Mike and Chris, you do know that they're fun, they're down to earth, and it's just I've investigated before with them down actually in Tennessee, and I just had a blast, and I knew that we had to bring him here to Buffalo. They are amazing guys. Oh, hey, Darren. I'm doing great. How are you? Okay, guys. So this is amazing. Like I said, my first guest, her name is Cindy. We call her Sin, and she is my cousin, and the reason why I wanted her to be on the show today is, you know, I talk up, I talk a lot about that I come from a long line of mediums and spiritual healers, and we have a lot of diverse backgrounds, as in witchcraft and voodoo, which most of us don't practice, like this generation, we just don't practice that, but you know, our ancestors did, and so it's kind of nice to have her on the show, and just, you know, we're just going to be having a conversation and chatting to, you guys are going to have a glimpse on how it was to be in our world and grow up in a spiritual family. So, Sin, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. I'm excited that you're on. I've been looking forward to this for weeks. Me too. I yeah. actually have been. Yeah. Yeah, very excited. Now, you know, the, re the way I'm going to start the show is, can you... Tell us, like, when was the first time that you noticed that some, you know, you noticed spirits, you noticed, like, an energy shift, or you noticed that something was off, something was different in growing up? Okay, so my first experience was more when I was, like, five years old. Um, I didn't have normal dreams like any five-year-old would have. Mm -hmm. It was more like, it was more like I would dream about um, spirit, like, how can I explain? It was more like... I would dream about things that would happen. Mm -hmm. Premonitions. Uh, yeah, I would. I would always see things that would happen. I would always see like, um, like, for example, like one day I, I saw myself in a school, and I was like only five years old. I saw myself in a school, and I was looking up in the sky, and I remember seeing like balls of fire. Oh wow! Falling, falling, and I didn't understand what it was. Um, after that. I saw, like, I would see pictures of people. I would have dreams of, like, my teeth falling out. And it would be like, okay, my teeth are falling out and what? So I started asking around, and they told me that usually when you see, like, teeth falling out, is somebody passing away. Mm -hmm. And I didn't believe it, but then it would happen right after that. It would really happen, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. That was about it, but that's when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can think back to even being at your house in New York and, you know, for you guys, you know, we lived in buildings in New York and her father was the super for both buildings. So it was almost like the building manager kind of thing for those of you guys who never, you know, grew up in New York City. And they lived in one of the basements, which is a full blown house, humongous and there was always that there was the boiler room. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, the boiler room is so scary. It's so this. And I remember us as kids, you were a little bit younger than all of us. But I mm -hmm. do remember, like, 
even at that age, we knew what porters were. And we were like, wow, there has to be a porter. There has to be where spirits are coming in and out. And, you know, now that I'm older, of course, it's going to be them coming in and out because it is a boiler room. There is a lot of electricity and, and, and you know, energy in that room. But, you know, like, did you experience anything like being in the like living in the basement for that long? Like, did you hear noises and stuff that you were just kind of like, OK, what is this? What's going on? Yeah, that's where my dream started. That's where everything happened in the beginning. Um, after that, I was I um one day I was outside with my parents and I was little and um, this guy just walked up to like the outside of the basement. And he was like, it was crazy because he just looked at my parents and he said, I'm going to take her. And my parents were like, what are you talking about? And he went around my parents and me. And then he went and did a circle around me. He said, I'm going to take her. And he started talking about like taking me to another world. And it was the weirdest thing. And then my parents were, of course, my father was protective and he was trying to keep me safe. And he pulled me away. I never understood it, but I remember it clear. It was like, it's almost like um when somebody's trying to like, I don't I like it was somebody like trying to take over something yeah. and I didn't understand what it was at that point. I was like that person I automatically I know that that yeah. person knew. They knew. They knew. But like, did you feel like I mean I know you were young but like did you feel like he was something evil like he was coming with it bad was, intentions? Yes, it was yes, it was something evil. It was something evil because I do remember until this day I remember the feeling it was like something very evil trying to take over something like it was like uh, like almost like a like we as a family we have a purpose mm-hmm. and um and it's almost like you e- like we're not evil <laughs> like whatever is evil is trying to take over whatever true. we have you know true true now for you guys um we grew up in Washington Heights in New York City and like I said our family lived between def- two buildings because we are a huge Dominican family <laughs> so there's always we've always been together and the first floor like right when you walked in to your right that apartment was a lady named Makuka now that's a weird name for you Americans her name was Makuka and she was a voodoo priestess so you always saw her dressed in white. Every time you walked by her door, you just kind of, you knew things was going on. So I, did you remember as a kid just running past her door because you knew stuff was going on that you didn't want to be part of? Yes, well, yeah. I do. And then not only that, um, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I feel like Makuka saved my life. Yeah. Personally, she saved my life. Like um, I had when I was like five years old, my appendix burst. Mm-hmm. And it punctured my intestines. It punctured everything. Um, and the first person that my mother called was her because she didn't mm-hmm. understand what was going on. And um, Makuka went in there and she grabbed, it was the weirdest thing, but she grabbed a bucket. She put it next to me. She mm-hmm. grabbed a uh, towel, wrapped it around her hand. Now, this is a big woman. She was oh. like tall, big woman. And yeah. I'm only five years old. Um, yeah. She wrapped it around her hand. She put vinegar on it and she shoved her whole fist in my throat. Mm-hmm. And I just started throwing up. And then she said, told my mother, grab her, take it to the hospital. And when I went, to, my mother took me there. It was like, um, they said, you know, you need to rush her to emergency. And, mm-hmm. and after that, I was in the hospital for three months. Um, they were expecting me not to survive it. But um, I remember one day, Makuka came, and she bought a, 
live doll, the same size of me. And she, it was dressed, it was dressed in like a purple, like purple, like dress. And she bought my mother the same dress that the doll had. And she looked at her and she said, you're going to walk out with your daughter with this dress on. Mm-hmm. And my mother um, kept it and she was like, okay. But then three months later, like nobody expected me to survive. Yeah. Doctors didn't understand it. And I did. Yeah. Now, you guys, um, Makuka, she was about, I don't know, she's still lit. She's she's still alive. I don't think she is because she was already, I want to say she was already in her 50s at that time. Like She was an older she was like, woman. She mm-hmm. was about 5'9", about 200 pounds, very, very dark skin. And she was always dressed in white. And, you know, you we would run past her door and kind of peek because she would leave it ajar, the door. And you would see you know, like the saints and dolls. And, you know, the reason for the doll, now that I'm older and I research things like that, is when they did the life doll of Cindy, it was that doll was taking the energy and taking um, the toxicity of the disease that Cindy had. The doll was taking it from her. So that's why it was a miracle when she walked out. And this is when you get, you know, science and you get the spirit world together and you know a five-year-old girl who was not supposed to survive winds up walking away and being okay which Mm -hmm. that was a miracle I remember that was definitely a miracle it was a miracle I remember that they even like they decided to even call make a wish like they they were like we gotta she's done like it's it's done like they gave up on me like of course, they didn't give up on me. The doctors were there, but they yeah. they told they even told my mother like bring everything from the house, make the room comfortable for her. Like it was like they were ready to expect the worst. So and now, you, yeah, make a wish, you guys. Let me tell you what happened. So make a wish. If you you know, it's like you know they make the last wish for the kids. Usually, kids with cancer or with like a terminal illness, and you know they send them to Disney, send them to do a lot of different things. So they ask five year old Cindy. <laughs> you know what she wants to do in five-year-old Cindy instead of saying I want all my cousins to go to Disney she says she wants to go to Care Bear Broadway show until yeah. this day I don't let it down <laughs> and, and 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 it's funny because the funny thing about it is at that point they they can't take me to the Broadway show so they decide to bring Care Bears to me like characters yeah and um and it still didn't matter i made the wish and it still didn't matter because by the time they came i was in a coma (laughs) so it didn't work yeah so you guys and she couldn't go to she couldn't go to the broadway shows so the characters you know they came into the room and when they came to see her she was in an induced coma so she didn't even get to enjoy this so you know for her whole life all of us have been saying why didn't you pick Disney? Why did you, you know, so <laughs> until this day, it's like she kind of screwed us over because we didn't want to see no Care Bears. Now, no, we- I didn't, I did not screw you over because to be honest with you, I survived. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, but we could have gone to Disney too. <laughs> now, oh, that's funny. So Darren is asking a question, which I'm going to answer. He's asking if I've ever done an investigation with someone who did voodoo. Yes, Darren, I've done investigation with um, people who do voodoo or hoodoo, which is completely different. One is a Haitian and one is African root work. But yes, I have. And this is what how I see when it comes to voodoo, hoodoo, or anything else that people believe in. Um, 
we all believe in different things. And I feel like as investigators, we kind of have to respect each other's views and what we all bring into the investigation. We're never going to find a group of people that believe the same thing. So yes, I've done investigation with people who do voodoo, hoodoo, santeria, who are Satanists. And it's all about respect. I know where I stand and I know that God is first in everything that I do. I am Catholic and I, um, I put God first in everything, but it's all about having boundaries and um, respect. You have to remember, at the end of the day, we do this because we are researchers. We want to know what happens in the afterlife. How can we help those souls who are still here and how we can help those people who are mourning who stay behind? So I hope that answered your question. Now, Cindy, I know you've experienced um, sleep paralysis. Now, can you go into your, you know, what happened when you, you know, the experiences you've had that you fall asleep and you see a spirit on top of you. Okay. Um, before I do talk about it, I do want to add to something that you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, I want everybody to understand that it like not you're protected. You're protected. If God is your main source, Mm -hmm. like you don't have to do anything. Like once you feel anything against you and you understand that God is your savior, it's over. Like nobody can touch you. Nobody can touch you. Like, I didn't want to add that. You don't have to go get help. You don't have to figure it out. Like, it's, you have all the power in your hands. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Exactly. And also, you guys, um, we come from, like I've said a lot of times on my shows that we do come from spiritual lineage. We come from, you know, a lot of generations of magic and hoodoo and, you know, voodoo and santeria and witches and all these things. And generational, we are protected, the Savignones. We are protected from things, from people doing bad to us and trying to do, you know, there, there's times that I felt that people are trying to do voodoo on me. And it's, it's, it's almost like we get like, like a little like, hey, somebody's trying to do something to you. So we know what to do spiritually and how to protect ourselves against that. So that's one thing that you always hear about our families that we're always protected. The same yeah. thing that we do have a curse. <laughs> it's called the Savignon curse. And, you know, through generations, we try to break that curse. And it's, you know, I, I think a few of us, well, not me. But, you know, you are happily married and, you know, you're in love and happily married. But that's our curse that we have in our family is that the women, we're all amazing, you know, beautiful, intelligent, smart. But we don't have we can have everything else in the world except a relationship, a successful marriage or relationship. That's something that it's always been set since we've been growing up that it's the Savignon curse that they all. But I I, (laughs) I do also believe, Peggy, that it all has to do more with, um, we, we're strong. We're a strong yeah. group of women. Like, um, we grew up believing that, um, we can do anything. Like we, absolutely. if we, if we are completely in love with somebody, it's because they're like practically like adding to whatever we can have, but we don't need. It's like, exactly. we want, they're there, but we don't need because we can like, we are very strong. Yeah, we're very strong women in our family. We're very we're very resilient. That's the word I was thinking. And we're very resilient. So if we want to be with somebody, it's not because we need the love or we need the companionship. It's because we want that. So, you know, I feel like this generation versus the last generation is kind of breaking that curse. And I hope that our younger cousins keep going forward and just completely break that curse. 
But yeah, that's something mm-hmm. that we've always heard. Oh, the Savignon curse. I mean, there's probably a whole bunch of them. <laughs> but that's the yeah. There's but it is true, though. It, you know, it is true because it's almost like um, we are all very pretty. Like we have, like I'm not trying to. I don't want to seem like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but we we are good looking, a good looking family, and it's always like a, like the women are always finding like a relationship, and it's almost like if they're making somebody better for somebody else. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, like when I talk to my friends, I say the gift that I have in relationship is I'm going to make that man better for the next woman. So, yes. So even if I see somebody and that I am truly like I, I, I melt for for him. And I know that even though he is a good man, he's not a good man for me. I'm getting him ready for the next relationship. Yes. So it's almost like... And I think that comes part of the curse. It's like, you know, I feel like that's what we do is we make people better for the next relationship, the next friendship. Like this is what, you know, what we do. Okay. So going back to the sleep paralysis and all that, of course, because you asked me that question and we were like went deep. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) But um, I know we just kept on going, but, um, it, the first time it happened to me, it was the weirdest thing because I've, oh, okay, I always had it, but it wasn't like, I would be like, okay, it was just a dream. But the first time it happened to me was, um, when I was living in Puerto Rico, I was still in my house. Um, I was planning to leave my house and go with my boyfriend. It was going to be crazy, but I was willing, I was going to go. And, um, my mother was there and, um, it was the last time that I was going to be in the house, like living there. And, um, I remember I decided to go to sleep and I was waiting for my boyfriend so I can go. And, um, I felt like if somebody walked up and went into my room and they hugged me, it was the weirdest thing. They hugged me in my mind. I'm thinking, Oh, my boyfriend went to wake me up so we can get ready so I could pick up my stuff and go. And, um, at that point I understood that I couldn't move. And I couldn't move and I could not move for the life of me. And then I remember that um, I was I started freaking out. And then all of a sudden I felt like a warm kiss on my cheek. It was almost like a goodbye. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing about it was that I was feeling it in that house for so long. Mm-hmm. So I feel I almost felt like it, it was somebody saying goodbye to me. Yeah. And I and I then I got up and I got scared and I walked I ran. But at the, at the same time, it was like the last time that I felt it there. Then I have felt it in different places, but it's not the same feeling that I felt in that no, house. But no, that was no. the first time. That was the first time that I felt that feeling. No, that house was very very haunted, and it I, and it's not the house itself; it's the land. That piece of land, that plot was very very haunted. I remember back in two thousand. I want to say like 2009, 2010, remember that I went to visit you in Puerto Rico and then I walked over to the house and it was empty. Mm -hmm. And I went in with Bianca and it was just so dark. It's a beautiful, guys, this was like a picture perfect, beautiful house that was built. Beautiful. They used to call it, they they used to call it a dollhouse, remember? It looked like a dollhouse, yeah. It was, it was, it was um, a wooden house. It had two floors. It was uh, pink and gray, and it was more than 15 women living in that house. Yeah. It was a beautiful home, and but it was so sinister and dark at the same time. 
You know, like if you would wake up at night and go to the bathroom, you would see shadows, you would hear things. You know, I don't want to say the name of the cousin, but, you know, a few cousins will have sleep paralysis in the same room, the same night. So it was mm-hmm. just always just kind of like that, that weirdness. And seeing that house empty and me walking in was just, it was crazy. It was just such a crazy, crazy thing. Such a- so, my, so mind you that the house was built by my father. So the house, it wasn't like we just moved in and something happened before. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know, but I don't think that it had to do anything with the house. What Mm -hmm. I think is that, um, when your ancestors or when your ancestors do things or they create things or they Mm -hmm. look into things that they don't have to, they carry that baggage. And whoever you is born from that lineage automatically carries that baggage up. Like eventually, yeah. So I feel like it's like it was too much energy of us in that place, and it was, it was just too much. It was, it was, it was. It was. I remember having so many experiences, you know, when I lived there briefly. It was, you know, it was a lot. And then um, you guys, my my mom bought a different. My mom bought a lot, maybe like five minutes away. And even from the first night that I slept in, you know, my house, it was. I started seeing shadows like outside my window every single night for about four years. And that's when I started questioning, you know, is there a God? Like, who is the God? Is, you know, Judaism the right religion? Is Catholicism the right religion? Is Christianity? And, you know, that's, and you remember, that's when I started experiencing so many things and just trying to see what was the right religion because I couldn't understand why I was being taunted every night. And then after that is, you know, my house was sold to my uncle. And then after that, to Cindy. (laughs) Cindy wanted to to buy the house. So she'll give you a little bit of experience. Yeah, Dan. Dan says it could be the land that it was built on. Yeah, Dan, you know, the land land in Puerto Rico is... it's, it's very tricky. It's very... A lot of things happen. You go back to, you know, the Taino Indians. You go back to a lot of a lot of murders and slaughters that happen in Puerto Rico, especially in these small towns. And then you go in coming from New York city, you know, nothing in the sense of the history of the land and you buy a cheap plot and you build your dream house, which winds up being not a dream. (laughs) Yes. And it, it is true. But let me tell something. Let me tell Dan something. Let me answer that question. I do believe what Peggy's saying is completely truthful. Like that it is. She's right. But but if you think about it, um, I, there's people living in the house right now and they're totally, completely happy. They don't see it. What I'm trying to explain is that when she, when her mom sells the house, I buy the house eventually, like, I, like in between. And um, everybody that was living in the house with me was totally okay. There was mm-hmm. nothing happening. The problem was that I was living in her house and I couldn't stand at a certain time. I would, I would say like the daytime was perfect mm-hmm. when the nighttime hit, oh, I yeah. cannot deal with it. Like the only room that I would be okay with was the room that her mother, mother had. That was my main room. Mm-hmm. So once I went to that room, I felt okay. But once I, like if I was walking around the house in the nighttime, it was, it was crazy. Oh, it was yeah. Oh yeah. You know, the sun will go down and it's like, you can feel the dark energy circling the house and you can you, it, feel that it's almost, energy. It's almost like if you're being watched mm-hmm. all the time. 
And it wasn't anything nice. I remember the last time I went to visit you, that last trip when you were still living in Puerto Rico, that I slapped Uh back in my old room. I felt it and I'm like, oh, great. Why am I here again? Like, you know, like, what is it? And, you know, to just to piggyback on what you were saying, you know, if if you don't have that inkling of, of being spiritual, you know, someone can move into a haunted home and not even have anything happen to them. And then you have another family who is open to spirituality or who is sensitive and then things just happen. And it's like, you know, why didn't it happen to this family, but it happened to, you know, this other family. Because, because I feel like spirits are trying to connect to people that they know that can take the message out. Like some of the spirits are just trying to send a message. You know what I'm saying? So they, they automatically, get connected to somebody that is in there that they know that's going to get the message across it has nothing to do like you can move in and if you of course you could be a great person you can everybody has a purpose in life but there's there's people that have a purpose where you're going to guide somebody in the right way or you know it's different like but in a way like our purpose i feel like it's more like to give information Mm mm-hmm we're just From conduit. The other. Yeah, we're conduit to give information. Now, Darren has a question. Um, I'll answer it, and then you can answer it. He says, what's the scariest thing that has happened to you? Darren, for me, the uh, scariest experience that I've ever had, which is funny because Dan is actually on, it was at his property at the Hinsdale House in Hinsdale, New York. Um, my Uncle Phelo passed away. So he's almost been gone for about, I think it's like 10 years, a little bit over 10 years. And... I was doing an investigation at the house and I looked over towards the kitchen and the doorway and my uncle was standing there and I've said this story a couple times, but um, yeah, he was standing there and I remember staring at him and the person who I was investigating with was saying, that's not whatever you're seeing, it's not real. And I looked at him and I said in Spanish, because my uncle, you know, main language was Spanish. And I said, Tio Felo, is that you? And all of a sudden I just saw like, black beady eyes even in the darkness i saw the black so soulless eyes and then he disappeared so that's something that always resonates with me is that experience now cindy what has been the scariest experience that's happened to you it could have been you know a a premonition that happened to you you saw in a dream and then happened that became true like what is the scariest thing my scariest thing is um sleep paralysis because it's something that i cannot control Mm-hmm. Like I'm obviously I'm a control freak. Like I I'm like I said I'm a strong woman. I try to control everything around me and make sure. But um, it's been happening for a long time, and I've always been able to like get rid of it. Like for example, like if when it happens, I pray, and I pray and I pray and I pray and I feel whatever is holding me down leaving. Yeah. Um. But one time, um, I was praying and praying and praying and praying. And I felt it leaving, and I stopped praying, and I said, oh, thank God. And right then and there, whatever was holding me down grabbed me harder, stronger. And I heard in my ear clearly, and it said, your God can't help you. Yeah. And, it, and it, it went harder. Like, it, it pinned me down, and I heard it so clear. And it's so it scared me so much, but I kept on praying, praying, praying. And what I did is that after I felt that it left, I still kept on praying because at this point I didn't trust it. I'm like, yeah, you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're not making me, you're not going to let me stop praying. No, you're <laughs> like, no, no. But, but the funny thing about, not the funny thing, but the crazy thing about it is that I actually, when you pray, 
you feel it like mm-hmm. leaving it leaving you yeah. alone like it's, it gets weak yeah but i just stopped too early i'm assuming and i yeah, thought probably, that i was you a probably problem. hesitated you probably were you know you were probably still still scared. and that was that was the first time that it actually made me feel that it, it was something real like not that i believe in it or I, i'm scared of it or but it did because it was like this is stronger than what i thought you know it's just yeah. way stronger than what i thought yeah, but that was the that was the scariest thing. Everything else that has happened to me, like I have seen shadows, like I have had, for example, I could, I could be sitting down and um with friends or with family members and all of a sudden I get really exhausted and I fall asleep and like I wake up and I look at them and I'm like I've been sleeping for a long time. They're like, "No, you slept like for a second." Yeah. I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" And in that <laughs> second, in that second I had a whole premonition. And then I talked to them about it and I explained to them. They're like, no, we don't know what you're talking about. And then the next day they receive calls and they know and it's detailed yeah. what I saw. Yeah. That's that. And it is scary because you do, do know, like, I, I feel like to Dan, I told you exactly what was the scariest. But in a way, it's like you don't really know. Like, everything that happens is a little scary because you never know if it has to do with just some random person or it's somebody close to you. Yeah. It's almost, it's like you, for example, I'm pretty sure Peggy has gone through this. Like, you wake up mm-hmm. one day and you just have a feeling. Oh, yeah. Something, something's know. wrong. Something's you know something's wrong. wrong. And then you're walking around life, like, going to work, getting up, living around life, feeling like there's something about to happen and then somebody walks up to you and -hmm. tells you something and the feeling is gone so you know that that was that was it but at the same time you don't know until you know (laughs) you know you don't know until you know yeah so dan did say you know it's sleep paralysis or is it a spirit but i agree uh sleep paralysis is the scientific term I mean, everybody has their own theories, ideas. I mean, none of us know who's right, who's wrong. or But, you know, we have been, thank God, I'm in mean, a knock on wood. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of people in my family that have been plagued by sleep paralysis, which is spirits coming and, you know, evil spirits trying to take over you and trying to overpower you. And that's something that is very, very common in the Savignon girls. Like, we... Knock on wood again, it hasn't happened to me. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, a lot of a lot of them are they go through sleep paralysis, which again is a scientific term, which is just a spirit trying to overpower you while you're asleep. And that happens because when you are asleep, you're the most vulnerable. You are just open to energy, open to everything. Mm-hmm. And and the crazy thing about sleep paralysis, I like I don't know how everybody else goes through it if they do. But the crazy thing about sleep paralysis for me, it's like um, I know that it's going to happen before it happens. Mm-hmm. Like I'm I'm laying down and I feel exhausted, but I'm like terrified to go to sleep. Like yeah. it's something that's telling me don't sleep, don't sleep, but I can't control it. I go to sleep and I already feel it before it happens. Um, and it's and it's a very, very scary thing. But I feel like eventually you just get used to it. Um well, when when it does happen, when it's a person, well, a strong person that can deal with it, like you get used to it. Yeah. Um, it, it is. It is something scary. I'm not even gonna lie. It's scary. Like you can never really get completely used to it. Like you no. do get used to it because like okay, it happens to me. I'm gonna deal with it, and you learn how to deal with it and how to let it like stop it. But 
when you first get it is something terrifying. Yeah. Now, uh, I do want to talk about something um, that happened when we were kids. Well, not kids. I was about maybe, I want to say, 15 years old. Uh, Christmas morning at your house. <laughs> oh, my God. That was crazy. So, you guys, it's Christmas morning. We're all sleeping. It's kind of like, imagine having a sleepover in um like in, in your living room and all the kids are there and her mom is by the window smoking her cigarette like she always does. And when you look out of that window, you see the house is in front of you, but then there's a hill, a huge hill that has houses and stuff, but like also empty plot, like a little empty land up there. And her mother, now can you tell us what happened after that? Cause I don't want to give away the whole story. So, um, this is, well, I can, I'm going to tell you what she told me, and then I'm going to tell you what I remember when we woke up. Um, um, my father used to work a, like, late job. It was like he would come home at 3 in the morning, something like that. And um, she, as she was, like, looking out the window, expecting him, she made food for him. Because as, as being Hispanic, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the wife is always waiting for the husband. It's like, okay, he comes late, we're going to, we have to feed him. Because the family, like Hispanic families, believe that it's through food. You have to feed everybody. And yeah, definitely. <laughs> so she woke up and she made like coffee for him and bread with butter and all that stuff. And um, um, she saw out of like out of the window, she saw something in the sky that was like lit up, and it was like going in circles. And she's like, "Oh my god! Like, what is this?" So she starts calling my aunt. My aunt was living with us because at that point, the whole family practically was living there. Yeah. And um, she starts calling my aunt. My aunt was in the bathroom. And she's calling my aunt, come see this, come see this. But my aunt can't get up and go to the bath, like go see, because mm -hmm. at that point she couldn't go. It was like nothing, something that didn't let her go. Yeah. So then, she, so then she's watching it and this light up thing that is going is like a, is round, is like a saucer. It's going in circles, and it goes down to a piece of land, and she doesn't see it no more. Now, my father gets there, but she decides that she's not going to tell nobody until it's morning because she didn't want nobody to run over there. She was scared. Yeah, because we're so crazy. Then, we would have all go, gotten up and headed up that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> like, my whole, my whole family, like, they probably would have woken up all the kids and be Everybody. like, we're all walking at 3 in the morning to see what it is. <laughs> yeah, we need to know so, what it is. Yeah, so, so um, it was... Um, Christmas Eve so she wakes up everybody and she says it and we all walk there mm -hmm. but the crazy thing about it was that the land where it landed was um, Theophilos land my yeah. uncle the one that passed away that Peggy yeah. mentioned Yeah. and we went there and there was a crop circle like yeah. it was like you saw you saw the and it was actually there was smoke coming out of it like yeah, it, it was, was still smoke. It was still hot, and there was still smoke on it. Yeah, and there was um, there was a circle, and around the circle that was burned, all the grass was burned. There was all the grass around it was laying because of the pressure yeah. of the air or whatever landed, and um, there was like like four little dots on the side, like if something landed and put out. How can I explain it, Peggy? Like they put out like the it, it ship was, put out. It was almost like the ship put out the ladder to walk out. Yeah, there was points, and then we saw it. Um, and should I say the rest of it? Like, 
No, I can say it. Well, after that, you know, you know, it's you know, Hispanic people. One thing happened. Everybody hears about it in the neighbors. So everybody's walking around, and then we find out that there was actually other landing and other sightings not too far from that. So a lot of people ended up experiencing and seeing the same things on Christmas morning, which is and, not, and okay. And not only that, like I feel like when it comes to things like that, people don't want to believe. Mm-hmm. People are always going to try to hide it. So when my, they, they decided to call the news, not to say specifically what news, but yeah. they called the news. And when my mother was trying to explain it, they, they videoed her, they put it out there and whatever. But then after that, of course, they came out and said that a woman that was crazy. Yeah. They wanted to saying that she was crazy. Thought she saw. And I know my mother was never crazy. Like that no. never happened. Yeah. She knows what she saw. And other people in different neighborhoods winded up seeing the same thing in their neighborhood. And there was other crop circles. It's always, always, you know, it's always, a, it's almost like a conspiracy trying to, uh, trying to cover. Now, Dan did, um, he did say something actually kind of cool that he says, you know, is it, do people have to sleep paralysis happen because your spirits leave while you're sleeping? Now, Dan, the interesting thing is if you um, look into like Santeria and Voodoo is, your spirits leaves when you're asleep and you are the most vulnerable. And there's actually um, a curse that you can do on someone, which I'm not going to say on air, while they're sleeping. And what happens is when you do this certain thing, when a person is asleep, their soul, their spirit will never find their body. And that's one way, you know how in Haiti they say you have walking zombies. It's because they disconnect the spirit, the soul from the actual body. And that's one way that people become, you know, walking around zombies and crazy stuff like that, which I will never share that because that's terrible to do. <laughs> oh, and I, and I can, and, and let me tell you, Peggy, like this is something that I want to put out there. You remember when you asked me if, what was the scariest thing for me? Yeah. I have another story Ooh, yeah. and it's super, it's super crazy. Um, I was in New York city visiting my sister and all that. And, um, I was there and three days, like I was, every time that I would go to sleep for three days, I had this dream where I saw this man, he was an old man and he had a white beard and he was walking behind me. Like he was trying to talk to me. Right. Mm -hmm. So then he's trying to talk to me and the third day, oh, you already know that the the number three is like very powerful. Yeah. The third day, um, I stopped in my dream and I turned around and I looked at him and I said, um, is there something you want to tell me? You've been following me in my dreams for three days. And he looked at me and he said, somebody's trying to do voodoo on you, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, voodoo? I said, listen, I I don't believe in voodoo. But I, I, like, I know voodoo's there, but I'm saying I don't believe in voodoo because I believe in God. And he looked at me and he said, do you want me to show you? And I said, yeah. And right then and there in the dream, his jaw dropped and it blood started flowing out of his mm-hmm. mouth. So then I wake up. Of course, I wake up. But I have this taste of blood in my mouth. So then I, I walk away and I go to the mirror. Of course, I'm going to brush my teeth. I woke up and I look in my mouth to see if I'm bleeding. At that point, I'm thinking maybe I was like I had like uh, my jaw was too tight. I was holding my jaw too tight or I bit my tongue or something. And I'm looking for blood and there's nothing. So I gather and I'm sorry, guys, for saying this because it's going to sound nasty. But I gathered my, my spit to spit out because it, it tasted bad. And when I spit out, I spit out a whole ball of blood. 
So I was like, that's weird. Like, it was really weird. Mm -hmm. So then I call my mother and my mother tells me, Cindy, don't worry about it. You are protected and all that. And I said, I know, I understand. So then, like, maybe an hour later, I receive a call from Puerto Rico. I was just visiting from Puerto Rico. At that point, I was living in Puerto Rico and I had a relationship there and whatever. And um, he calls and he says, um, there's something weird happening. And I said, what happened? There's like, there's a jar of blood under our stairs. Mm-hmm. And I said, what? They're like, yeah, there's a jar of blood under our stairs. And I'm like, okay, so he calls somebody that he knows and they come up and they're going to open up the jar. But before they open up the jar, the people are around them and they take holy water and they start blessing and saying prayers to God. But when they were putting the holy water, they forgot to put the holy water on one person that was there. Mm -hmm. And when they open up the jar, the person just flew back yeah. and fell on the floor. Um, but obviously, like, like I said, like I had the dream before and yeah, I you saw already it. Knew. Yeah. You already knew. Yeah. Someone... I was just waiting. I was just waiting for it. Yeah. I, yeah. um, I had a, not an experience like that, but I did have, Someone, I'm not going to say names or anything like that. Someone who used to be a friend. Long time ago, I want to say maybe like, oh my God, 10, 15 years ago. And, you know, things were going wrong in my life, relationship, anything you can think of was just going so bad. And my mom said that they, she received a call from Dominican Republic that somebody was trying to do voodoo on me. And they told me what to do. And they said, they show, they said, this is the person. They showed me who she looked like. They told me how she looks. And I knew that it was the girl who was now no longer my friend. And they said, you work with her. When you sit down in the lunchroom, take a glass of water, take a plate, put salt, and put everything upside down. When she walks by, it will shatter. And let me tell you, my cousin Elizabeth was sitting with me. This girl walked by, and it shattered. And then all of a sudden, she just stared at me like, oh! Almost like, holy shit, like she knows. And this is why, it's just so crazy why we are so protected. So when people try to do harm to me, I I know, I know. I always know people, <laughs> which is crazy. Because you know, who, you know what I mean? You have an idea who it is. And you know when someone wishes you wrong or, you know, it's it's crazy. So... You know, even though we do have such a background in that, you know, this generation, we don't practice that. We kind of veered away more towards like the spirituality, the mediumship, the psychic part of things. We kind of that's left back in the past. <laughs> and 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 it, and, it, and a lot of people might see it as a curse. And I think it's a gift. Like mm -hmm. it is hard. It is hard. It's something that like, um. I feel like people, some people walk around the world and they have no acknowledgement of what's going on around them when it comes to the spiritual world. Mm -hmm. And, and they claim to live like a great life. And I am not, I'm not judging anybody. Everybody does their own thing. But I'm saying like, when you have this gift, it's almost like, um, you feel and you know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, instead of questioning, why did this happen? You know exactly why it's happening. Exactly. exactly. You know? And it's really, and it's really calming, but at the same time, it's scary because yeah. it's like, it's when you least expect it. It's not something that you could be like, Oh, I feel it coming and it's going to happen a week. It's like, yeah. Oh, I'm okay today. I'm smiling. And all of a sudden I'm crying. 
Um, and, and I'm just saying like, I consider myself like, honestly, out of everything, I consider myself an empath. So it's almost like I, I feed off of energy and feelings. So everything that happens around me, I oh, feel yeah, it. And it's exhausting. You it's do, exhausting you have, because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. I have no emotions and that's bad. That's, that's a bad thing. And you know, I've, I've, even as a child, I was never emotional. I was always, Oh distant. yeah. Don't touch me. Oh, don't yeah. hug me. Leave me alone. I don't like feelings. So. <laughs> like she is easy. Like Peggy is easy to walk away from something and yeah. like be like, okay, I'm done. I, yeah. I don't have that. Like, my mother used to laugh at me because when I was little, what happened was that, like, I would go to school, and it's a different environment, of course. I was in, in, in middle school, and I have friends that were going through situations and friends that got pregnant and all that, and, and I wanted to take everybody home. Like, I will come home every day telling my mother, oh, yeah, I'm going to bring my friend that she's pregnant. My mother's like, Cindy, no, you cannot bring your pregnant friend here. Like, I wanted to save the world, but that's the thing. Like, it's something that when you're well when i was young i i was like yeah i want to save the world but at this point it's like almost like if one day you just walk in oh this is an experience that i did have being an empath i was working in a place and i had a co-worker she was an older lady mm-hmm. and um she i always saw her every day she worked directly with me and i saw her every day and that day i walked in and i felt this terrible sadness and pain it was weird so I just kept on working. She didn't really speak to me. And I walked up to her and I said, hey, I'm sorry. And I don't want to seem crazy because a lot of people do not understand it. Mm-hmm. And I said, but is there something that you are going through? Because I'm feeling extremely sad. There's something about you. I'm extremely sad. And this woman just broke down and started crying. And she told me today was the day that my husband died. Aww. And I and when she told me I hugged her we cried and then I felt okay but at that moment before that yeah every time I was around her I feel this pain and this it's something weird it's like a pain like hurt like you like do you know when like when you can't breathe mm-hmm. when, when you're in so much pain that you feel like pain like in your I, heart that your heart hurts yeah your you've heart always, hurts you've always point. been like that you've always been like that even as a child you always felt a lot and you always you know, we're very nice. Now we have a question. Darren says, um, question, if you come across a full body apparition, who would you want it to be? And what would you say? Darren, unfortunately I have been, I am, you know, I am a seer. I see things I hear, I smell, and I've seen full body apparitions plenty of times. And it's never anything that I do want to see. you know, but who would I want to see that's dead? I would say, Oh my gosh. I would probably say like Galileo or something like that. Something crazy like that and just kind of sit down with them and or Notre Dame and sit down with him and see what else did he Notre Dame project. You know what I mean? But um Cindy, if you were to see a full body apparition, who would you want it to be? It's going to sound really weird, but I feel like um I don't know that I would want to see anybody yeah. um, only because this is, this is the reason why I say it, because I feel like um, like spirits, they have two options or they understand and they guide themselves to the light mm-hmm. or they stay behind because they have um, like unfinished business that they have to deal with. That's something that's really real. Yeah. Um, and whoever is able to appear in front of you, 
has not gone to the light. Now, so, who would you want to see? If I wanted to see somebody, if I had the chance, it would probably be my grandfather on my father's side. No, really? Yes. I would think the Ophelo, Uncle Felo, to tell you a joke. No. <laughs> Uncle Felo, uh, don't come I to me tonight. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say Uncle Felo because I feel like um, Uncle Felo is taking care of Sito. He is. He's good. Yeah, he's he's good. So uh, you would we say have, your, have a, I remember your grandfather, but we're not going to get into that whole. That's a whole different thing. That no, that's a different thing about. that I don't. But I do. I, the reason why I say about him is because you know when you meet like there's per, there's people that you meet in life like when you meet people in life. You're going to know, like, there's, it's like almost like a spiritual connection. Mm-hmm. Like, there's people that you meet and you might think, oh, my God, I like this person so much. It's because you were meant to me. And it's, it's a spiritual connection. It's somebody yeah. that you, and the first person that I met with that spiritual connection was him, my grandpa. You know what? I know we're not going to get into it or anything like that because, you know, there's certain things like, you know, well, you guys have to understand we all come from spiritual families on both sides you know our, our mother's sides our father's sides in each way possible that you can think of so you know sometimes we do not talk about certain things and those are one things but what i am going to say about your grandfather on your father's side he was a very strong man yes he was he was a he very was. very spiritual strong man that's that's Let- yeah that's all i can remember about him was he was very very strong. This man, like, if you was if you was to ever meet him, he was a strong presence. Like, when he stood up, it was like almost like I, the only way I could explain about him, it's almost like if you had like, like just rays of light coming out of his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, was like very strong. he walked and he shined. It he was did. The weirdest he did. Thing. He did. So it was a beautiful, beautiful soul. He was, he was. Rest in peace. So now we're coming to the end of our show. And, you know, this was such a great conversation. I'm excited that, you know, you were on and people got a glimpse of how, you know, how it was to be in a in a spiritual family. And we talked a little bit about our lineage. And, you know, it's amazing. You know, not everybody has that. Not everybody can sit and, you know, go back generations about and talk about, you know, spirituality in their family. So Mm -hmm. I think we're very lucky to come from such blessed family on both sides. And, you know, it's a gift and it's amazing. Now, Cindy, I'm going to let you close out the show. But I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I, oh, thank you, Rebecca. Rebecca said, sounds like a cool family. It is, Rebecca. Thank you. But, you know, you guys have a wonderful night. I'm going to let Cindy just give you a couple words of wisdom. And we're going to go ahead and close out the show And make sure you guys share it so other people who didn't listen to the show today can listen to the replay. Now, Cindy, you have the last words on the show. Okay, so I just want to say thank you for listening. I'm so happy that you guys listen. Like, I'm happy that I can put my word out there and I can actually, we can actually speak about it because it's something that a lot of people don't want to speak about. Um, And also, I want to say that you have to understand that if you do feel this way or if there's any way that you have premonitions or whatever remember that it's a gift you were born with this it's something that comes from god so you have the option of embracing it you know embrace it take it for yourself it's yours like you are special and um also like just be blessed 
be blessed, live life. Like, if it's your last day, like, just have fun. Because at the end of the day, it is what it is. Like, you have to live life, like, to the fullest. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, don't don't expect anybody. Like, anything you feel bad around you, that's what I'm trying to say. Everything you feel bad around you, just let it go. Like, just live. That's it. There's nothing else to it. But that's it. And thank you for listening. All right, guys, have a wonderful night. We will be back on, well, I will be back on October 19th with psychic medium Charlotte Grace. And yeah, have a great night.